Hi there, uh, Kevin. Hi. Hello. Merry Christmas. Welcome. Yeah, very good. Yeah. Welcome to Bible Slash Christmas. Thank you. How Thank are you. you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm great. Good. You have a uh, a very Dutch Christmas planned this year? Uh, yes. What do you guys do for Dutch traditions? We make special, uh, it's called banquet. It's a special almond pastry. Really? Yeah. So it's it's a Dutch thing. And uh, if you want some, let us know. What for, would it cost uh, me to get some payment? $39.99. <laughs> We're selling Dutch banquet on a Bible slash Christmas. Yeah. What is going on? Just, you know, take every opportunity I can. <laughs> no, I, I, my wife loves uh, almond pastries. Yeah, so, it's so good. Yeah, it's fantastic. The, the secret ingredient is called rusk. I don't know what that is. But you can get it, I think, from Trader Joe's. Really? Or Sprouts or some of those like more is it, natural is it a, places. Is it, a, is it actually like an almond paste I don't actually or something? know. It's in a little box. <laughs> it's called rusk. Yep. It's probably like... You got to taste and see. That it's probably like weasel oil or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some old world flavor. <laughs> well, good. Well, uh, so one of the Christmas traditions I have is every year at the end of the year, I like to read or listen to the Chronicles of Narnia. Nice. Yeah. I try, try to start November, December... I love the Chronicles of Narnia. One of my professors in seminary said you can illustrate every point of theology from the Chronicles of Narnia. That's pretty. Which is probably valid. Yeah. Uh, so I want. I I, uh, I actually you were mentioning you had a meditation from the Chronicles of Narnia yes. and how it relates to Christmas. Yeah. So take so, it away. Yeah. So if you want to get in the mood for Christmas, read the Chronicles of Narnia, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe specifically. Yeah. Yeah. If you haven't read it, know that if you confess your sins, God is faithful and just to forgive you your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Yes. So. Amen. Um, why, why read it though? You have, uh, what's interesting is like, to your point, Lewis, when he wrote, uh, the Chronicles of Narnia, he wrote it not as an allegory, uh, like Pilgrim's Progress, right. but he wrote it as what he called was a supposal. Yeah. And so he took elements of the Christian, you know, story and worldview. And he just said, what would it look like if you suppose all these things happened in another world? Mm. And so what's interesting is he doesn't want people to escape into fantasy or anything, but he wants you to go there and read about it yeah. so that uh, even his language is spend a little time there so you can learn how to live better here. Yeah. You know, so it's always like a trip into Narnia and then you come yeah. back different. As a, At the end of the Voyage of the Dawn Treader, he says yeah. that to Lucy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Good, good. It's good. It's good. So a little bit of Narnia. Um, what's interesting in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe is you have this fantastical land that these four children find themselves in. They're... Um, they're intending to hide in a wardrobe in England and uh, they find out it's a portal to another world, a mm -hmm. fantastical land that's ruled by a witch um, who's kind of the Satan character uh, and it belongs to someone else who's the Christ character and the witch has cursed the land of Narnia, put it under uh, an everlasting winter. So mm -hmm. the phrase is that it's always winter and never Christmas, you know? So, <laughs> yeah. uh, so it's like Michigan in the spring. <laughs> so, um, so you have you have these, uh, the Narnian people um, are oppressed underneath the curse of the witch, right? Yeah. So they're uh, reeling under her oppression and these children arrive. They find a, they find a friend. Uh, the friend gets attacked by the witch. They seek refuge in a beaver dam. And by the way, the animals talk in Narnia. So they, right. uh, they're talking to these friendly beavers. Um, and what's interesting is they're seeking shelter in their beaver dam on a cold winter's night. And uh, there's this little line where the Mr. Beaver leans in and in a low whisper, he says, um, you know, they say Aslan is on the move. Right. Perhaps he's already landed. You know, yeah, perhaps yeah. he's 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 come. Aslan being the king figure. Um, but Lewis does this curious thing at that moment. He uh, he says none of the children knew who Aslan was, you yeah. know, and, and any more than you do at this point in the story. You don't know who he is. Um, but what he says is, you know, that his name carried such gravitas to it that it it struck every children, every child differently. Mm. And what's interesting is it revealed their heart. 
yeah. and it, like a musical instrument. You know, yeah. it's like it, it resonated with them to show kind of what key they were on. Mm. Um, and so the news that the king had come exposed something in them. And you have Edmund, who's one of the, the young boys, and he... Uh, he is struck with this sense of mysterious horror. And yeah. what you find out is he's actually treacherous. He's kind of like the Judas character. Um, and, and he actually betrays his brothers. He's, he's planning evil. And so the news of the king is a terror to him. And then Peter, who's the lead brother, the firstborn, he feels uh, brave and adventurous. You know, it's courage to him. Susan, one of the sisters, she feels as though she had just heard a delightful strain of music. Yeah. Uh, and then Lucy, the little girl, is uh, struck with a feeling. And Lewis says it's like, a, it's like a feeling when you wake up and you realize, you know, you're in your bed and you realize it's actually the holidays and you yeah. don't have to go to school or it's the beginning of summer or yeah. something like that. First day of summer vacation. Yeah, yeah. So it's just this really interesting thing he does. And when I read that, I was like, oh, man, that's so interesting. And it, it showed me, you know, when you come back to this world, world when yeah. you come back to earth you realize like oh the bible actually shows us a similar thing in the advent or in the in the nativity narratives yeah. you know so you yeah. have um, not that there's like perfect parallels but it just helps me to see some of these things that maybe i missed yeah um one example is herod you know herod you have matthew 2 1 to 3 uh, he's struck with terror. You know, the Magi are saying, hey, wh where's the guy born king of the Jews? Yeah. And to Herod, who's an evil man, it's kind of like Edmund. He's struck with horror. He's terrified. Yeah. Um, it's such a threat to his kingdom that he unleashes a genocide on, mm. on these babies to kill them. And so um, you can see it's a scary thing for him. Yeah. Um, but then interestingly, on the flip side of that conversation, the Magi who, fun word study, they're, uh, one lexicon says they're wizards. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> so yeah. ask your kids about the wizards of Christmas. Uh, so you have, uh, yeah, you have, you have these guys who come in and it's interesting because they're from Persia. They're from, you know, the East and they're like dark magicians, you right. know, they're not good guys. Yeah. There's um, probably Zoroastrian <laughs> stargazers. Bad guys, <laughs> you know? And what's interesting is they say, we've come to worship him, yeah. which is a way of saying like God has presented a king who evidently has, you know, sway over the stars because they're following the star that has led them to him. And they are in a position of surrendering to this greater being, yeah. you know, like this, this one who's come because they say we want to worship him. Um, so it's an interesting thing in a dim sense. It's kind of like Peter. You have this like yeah. adventure. They venture across the world basically to find this, uh, to find this king. But it's an interesting demonstration. Like there's a spiritual power at work here and they recognize it and it's better than everything they have, yeah. you know? So super interesting. Um, and that's in Matthew two as well. And then, uh, on the flip side, you have Mary, um, where, the news strikes her, you know, from Gabriel, and she is like moved to song. You know, she's yeah. my heart exalts uh, in the Lord. You know, and she, what you see with her song is the theme of mercy, mm -hmm. God's mercy, and how He has come to meet her as such a a lowly person. You know, yeah. like she is such a lowly, insignificant, socially person, um, and yet it moves her to music, you yeah. know, it moves her to worship in that sense. It's somewhat like Susan, yeah. um, but you can just kind of see some resonance there. That's in Luke one, 46 to 55. Um, and then I think another cool one is Simeon. Simeon's been longing to see the salvation of Israel. And God says, you'll be alive until, you know, you see this. And then he's in the temple one day and he looks and he sees the baby, you know, and he says like, now, uh, basically like my heart can rest, yeah. you know, and, my, and it's my spirit can depart. Yeah. Know, the Lord's Christ. Yeah, yeah. totally. And so it's, it's a meditation he, that, yeah, yeah, he knows like he knows there's a new season, you know, yeah. and, and it's like Lucy in that sense. It's like, you can relax now. Like, yeah. that, like you, 
you can see that Christ has come. And it strikes everyone differently. It strikes the old man differently than it does Mary, than it does Herod, than it does the Magi. And just seeing that one news, that one message just resonate differently, I think it's it's really cool to think about, like, how does it resonate with me? How does it resonate... Um, you know, in my heart when I think about that. And, you know, there's there's different things that come to mind, but just seeing like the hope of it, you know, yeah. I mean, I have little kids and, you know, like the anxiety of what's going to happen maybe when they grow up and stuff, but you see like the king is coming, he's going to put everything right. And it's like, yeah. oh, for me, it's this, at least right now, it's like this hope, you know, like the fears can go away because he's the one who's going to set everything right. And it just, I think that's just a real cool way of uh, thinking through this where it's like, totally. oh, well, we should all worship. We should all, you know, surrender to Christ. There's positive responses and stuff. But it's just, it's like, oh, the Bible shows different responses that are fresh for every yeah. person. And it's like, we should talk about that. We should yeah, think about that. Totally, you know? yeah. So. That's awesome. It's also interesting, uh, even as you're talking about that, I was thinking about, like, um, in Acts 17, when Paul preaches mm-hmm. uh, on Mars Hill, he preaches at the Areopagus, and he preaches Christ to them. And you have a group of people, a large yeah. group of people, and they say, you know, this guy's an idle babbler, you know, whatever. Yeah. And then it says, but a few heard yeah. and responded. And he says, I mean, he says, the, the king has come, the judge has come, and he's coming back to judge the world. You need to know him. And they and a few of them hear and they listen. Yeah. And that you see that division, even with the children in Chronicles of Narnia, the, the believers, yeah. the ones who are going to come to know Aslan truly, uh, the three kids, they all are like, oh, yeah, this is, there's something warm here. Yeah. And with Edmund, he's like, oh. He's ter-. convicted. Yeah, yeah. Know? He and hates it. There's a good trajectory with Edmund, side note, that he he's just redeemed. Yeah. In the end. Yeah. yeah. In the end, yeah. Aslan uh, dies Actually, dies place. Yeah, dies yeah. for his sins. That's uh, a beautiful picture. So Well, cool, man. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. yeah. And, and like you said at the beginning, we want to always encourage people to read the, read the Chronicles of Narnia. <laughs> Not all of it's great. But right. There's a few points. But for the most part, just such a helpful set of books, such Very a helpful good. set of meditations. So awesome. Well, thank you so much. And I hope that's helpful for you. Uh, Merry Christmas. And if you have any questions on this or any other topic, uh, feel free to email us at info at faithbibleoc.org. Thanks so much.